0: Then Gentle breeze, and when I think that God, His Son, not sparing, set him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and he died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul. art, how great thou art, then sings my soul. great thou art how great thou art oh this is the one when Christ shall come with shouts claim, my God, how great thou art, then sings my Art. How great thou art. Then the sings, then sings, then sings my soul.
1: our listening audience. Those that are listening by radio, those that are viewing us on the internet, or by television to the service that is already in progress here at the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We welcome you to come visit with us at any time. We are located at the corner of Jay and Doolittle. If you should want to reach us by telephone, you can call us at 702-647-2627. We pray that you will enjoy the service today. Our speaker today is no stranger to those of you who have been listening with us. Our speaker is Pastor Russell Lee Was. We pray that you will be blessed tremendously by the message today. Please pray with him as he share the word of God with you. And before Pastor Lee Was come to us with his word for today, we will have a special selection by Sister Elizabeth Boyd.
0: I chose these songs today because Jesus is soon to come. If you don't know it, you should from all the things that are going on in this world. But it is well with my soul. in a peace like a river attendeth my way a
2: Church, I want to thank, I want to thank Sister Boyd for that testimony in song, it is well, (laughs) it is well with my soul, it is well, and I want to thank Sister Robin Brown and her team, musicians. I recognize it's a blessing to have someone like you, Sister Brown, and the team. A lot of churches don't have this blessing, but we do. Appreciate the work you do. And our officers, our elders, and all of you that make it happen here at Abundant Life. Thank you appreciate it from the top of my heart shall we pray disturb us lord when we're too pleased with ourselves when our dreams have come true because we dream too little when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to shore Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly to venture on wilder seas where storms will show your mastery we're losing sight of land we shall find the stars we ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push back the future in strength courage hope and love amen I would like you to turn your Bibles or phones To the Book of Samuel. To the Book of Samuel. This was read earlier for you, but I'd like to look at it again. Second Samuel chapter 13, and I hope you're praying for me, amen, Amen. (laughs) and pray for yourselves that the word, the word may be understood, that as I speak it, the Lord will translate for me. So that it may be clear and unequivocal to you. The Bible says if you found it, say amen. 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 After this, Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so distressed over his sister Tamar that he became sick, for she was a virgin. And it was improper, New King James Version, it was improper for Amnon to do anything to her But Amnon had a friend, come on and say friend, had a friend, whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother. Now Jonadab was a very crafty man, and he said to him, why are you the king's son? Becoming thinner day after day. Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Now I want to fast forward to verse 10. Go to verse 10. I'm going to spend some time in the Word today. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into the bedroom, into the bedroom, food, that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them to Amnon, her brother, in the bedroom. When she had brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come, lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, No, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. And I, where could I take my shame as, and as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. However, however, he would not heed her voice, and being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. But verse 15. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with, with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, Arise, be gone. This is the word of the Lord. Most of us, if not all of us, have done some imbecilic things. I mean some dumb things in our lives. And what makes it worse is we knew it just never made any good sense. Seemed like fun, enjoyable at the moment, But when you had to think, when you had time to think and to suffer the consequences, you said to yourself, it just wasn't worth it. Tell your neighbor, it's just not worth it. Lean back, lean forward, lean to the left and to the right and say to your neighbor, it's just not worth it. How can you leave, transition from being sick with love, and in a few lines, exceedingly hate another? Amnon is a king's kid. You have PK's pastor's kid. You got TK's teacher's kid. You got EK's elder's kid. (laughs) And you have KK's king's kids. Son of David, king of Israel. When you are a high roller, you enjoy kingdom pleasures. But he's got a problem his daddy's money power position can't solve. Amnon out of his own mouth says he's got it bad for Absalom's sister, falling in love with his sister. Now, correctly, it's weird sometimes how we like to fix up our crazy things. The truth of the matter is, notice Amnon didn't say, my half-sister. He said, I'm in love with Absalom, my brother's sister. Hmm. Falling in love with his sister, his half-sister Tamar, shared the same father but different mothers, Ah, but the destructive desire is able to twist the way we see reality. And just like Amnon, we often play down God's explicit, expressed design. Leviticus 18.9, Amnon knew it. It says, do not have sexual relations with your sister either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born in the same home or elsewhere. He knew that. The moment something is off limits, it gets more nutritious. Hamburgers are now good for your health. They become more delicious, more salacious. Hog meat is not good for you, but it's the sweetest meat on the market. Oysters shouldn't be on the menu. But suddenly, they got medicinal and reproductive properties. You see that tree over there, Adam and Eve? You see that tree? In the center of the garden don't touch it don't go by it don't look at it don't venture near it but it turns out that that's the same tree we happen to wander by the moment you can't have something it miraculously seems like the better choice a sign from God And not everything I wanna let you know today comes with a beware of danger sign. Some things start out innocently. Ted Bundy, while I was researching subject here today, someone passed that interview to me. Ted Bundy, a serial killer, an infamous man. His last interview, he gave it to James Dobson on the eve of his execution. Some things start out innocently. And someone passed this along to me, saying, you know, you may not have Amnon with you, but you can get into the mind of someone else. And so these are the words. From a serial killer killed over 20 women and the last victim was 12 years old and he says listen to me he says his experience started out innocently as a young boy he would walk in the community and with his buddies they would go by and ravage the garbage bins. And they would come across graphic magazines. Dirty magazines. And so what started out innocently grew on him. And he says now, these are his words, Quote, once you become addicted you look for more potent more explicit more graphic kinds of material like an addiction you keep craving something which is harder and gives you a greater sense of excitement until until you reach he says that jumping off point where you begin to think maybe Actually, doing it will give you that which is just beyond reading about it and looking at it. A serial killer. Right here, I propose, is a clue to Amnon's dilemma. In the NIV, it's a little bit more explicit. It says the very first verse. It says, in the course of time. This isn't some random episode for Amnon. In the course of time, instead of starving the beast, he fed the beast. In the course of time uh, comes consideration and planning. In the course of time comes commission. In the course of time comes the consequence. Our greatest battles are won and lost in our minds. It's in your mind you determine the outcome of the battle oftentimes before it begins. There is power in what you put in your mind half of what happens happens up here not down there think defeated and you find yourself defeated think negative and you become negative entertain trashy thoughts thoughts become subtle desires desires not reigned in morph into an unbridled passion Unquenched passion becomes an action. Action put into motion equals, equals darkness. Where there used to be peace, there's pain. Where there was joy, there's torment. Where there was independence, there's addiction. Where there was freedom, there's no bondage. Control, there is no uh, loss of self-control. You are a full-fledged slave. No wonder Paul says, Romans chapter 6 and verse 16, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Paul is saying to us, you've got to quit entertaining those thoughts. Quit putting junk on your body and junk in your body. Quit thinking about that junk in the past. Quit putting things in your mind that would be a detriment to your walk with God. Quit listening to the rumors of the adversary. What we need is to pray more fervently, worship more truthfully, speak more positively, give more cheerfully, and live a more consecrated life. Amnon had all the privileges of growing up in the king's palace. All the luxuries and upbringing of being a son of the king. And he still lost his mind. (laughs) You can sit at the king's table. Eat the king's food. Walk through the king's palace. Have the love of the king in your life. But in the end, lose it all. There's a brutal reality today that some of us need to understand. Just because you sit in the king's house doesn't always mean you've got a relationship with the king. Like Amnon, just like the Michael Jacksons and the Whitney Houstons of the world and the Joe Nobodies on the corner we all got some demons in our lives but i'm so glad this week i read something caused me to shout my wife was passing by the computer and she must have thought i was crazy i was reading this in our high calling page 87 and it says quote satan will endeavor to excite the emotions listen to me to arouse the passions, to fasten the affections on that which is not for your good. But it is for you to hold every emotion and passion under control in calm subjection to reason and conscience. Then Satan loses his power to control the mind. The work to which Christ calls us is to the work, there it is, of progressive conquest over spiritual evil in our characters. You're wondering, where's the part I got to show? Here is it. She also says, Satan is not invincible. If you are Amnon living in the palace and your core, at your core, struggle with loneliness, insecurity, and past trauma, you need to know that the devil is not invincible. No need to play Russian roulette with your eternity. What started out for Amnon as a toothless temptation, which ran into some bad advice from a friend who is really his cousin. Which refused, you got some cousins, which refused to consider the consequences. Which went ahead and took what he wanted, resulted in lying in a pool of blood. But I got good news today. I got some good news, praise God, hallelujah. I got some good news, elders. Got some good news. Amnon's tragedy does not have to be our own. You say that amen like you're not sure. I said, Amnon's tragedy does not have to be our own. God has given us power to strategize. And I got a few strategies. Not all of them. I, I got three. I got three strategies today. There may be more. But I got three strategies today. We need to strategize. First one. First one. We need to face the problem, Abundant Life. We need to face the problem. You can't, oh, don't go there. Face the problem. Addicts feed on the darkness of denial. I'm not an alcoholic. I just drink to soothe my nerves feel a little more relaxed. I'm not a workaholic. I'm just working to ensure the bills get taken care of, Pastor. But I want to let you know today the root of every lustful obsession desires satisfaction apart from God. The root of every lustful obsession desires satisfaction apart from God. Victims and perpetrators must deal with denial. Our lives will be transformed when denial is lifted and the ugly parts of our souls are exposed to the sun of righteousness. Thank God today, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us. There's another strategy today. Having faced the problem, there's another strategy. And I love where I found it. Because you can't, miss it. You can't deny this one. You may say, I don't have to face the problem. I can handle it on my own. How many times have you been handling it on your own? And you're still in that vicious cycle. I'm sorry. Give me strength. You do a couple days. Great. You go right back to the business. And the cycle continues. Don't you want to get off that train? But I believe there's power in the word. Now, now, this, I should have said this first, but I'm going to say it now. This won't be any good to you if you don't believe in this. <laughs> I'm not a psychologist. If you don't believe in this, what I'm saying won't make any sense. Just a disclaimer, so don't blame me at the door. (laughs) Strategy number two that I want to leave with you is to arm yourselves. Every now and then you see the NRA put up a, a slogan, come try this submachine gun for free. Fire a machine gun for free. And even women are arming themselves now, women having submachine guns in their homes. Everybody got to get a gun, a rifle. And that won't make a lick of sense when you're really in trouble. But the Bible tells me that you should arm yourselves. Lust isn't going anywhere without a willingness to discipline the will. We've got to be willing to fight, scratch, and claw toward holiness. And I know somebody's saying, wait a minute. You're saying righteousness by works. Well, hold on. James (laughs) 2.17 tells me that faith without works is dead. And Peter follows James. Hebrews James, Peter. First, Peter. Yes, Peter tells me, Peter, 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 1 Peter 4, 1 to 3, write it down. Go home and look at this thing. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves. There it is. Also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Now why, why, why? Verse 3, verse 3. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. What do they do? Living in depravity, lust, drunkenness, orgies, partying, and detestable idolatry. Verse 4, they are surprised. The people now look at you kind of strange. The Bible says they are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living. And they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So just go on. Loving the Lord and living for Him. Let the people talk all they want. And if they say your life is boring, tell them it's all right. It's okay. I'm going to stay on the road, on the narrow path that leads to eternal life. Go on and have your while living, for that is only for a moment. That too will pass. We don't go there because it's just not worth it. Make the right choices. Surrender those deeper issues, feeding your inner beast. Wrestle with, what drive, with, with what's driving your hunger for attention and display. To be an exhibitionist, stop medicating the symptoms and identify the root causes and context of your struggles. There's a reason you act the way you do. Some of us don't want to go there, right? <laughs> We'd rather to medicate and continue to, to pray for me. I'm getting there, Pastor. Pray for me. Now now the psychologists tell us that lust is more severe after a stressful event, such as a failure or success. So something good is going on in your life? Let's celebrate. Pop that bottle. Woo! take a drink that was beautiful, and you celebrate. Something successful happened in your life, you go party and have a good time because you deserve it. The psychologists say the foodaholic will go to the refrigerator right after the success to gorge himself. I deserve it. I earned the right for this little treat. But not only that, with our failures, that's when we start acting out, when we just can't make it, when our plans go awry, and we're having difficulty. What happens next? Well, you go to what you're used to. So what we need to do is to ask God to reveal the secret things of our hearts. The past wounds and buried traumas. It's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do it just for you. Wrestle with your heart as well as your behavior. Let Psalm 139 verse 23 be the substance of your prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. I got one last one to leave with you one last strategy learn to love learn to love if you don't love yourself start there the challenge is that we learn to love ourselves and we never stop loving ourselves we we can't find any room to love anybody else Everything is great with you. You take care of you. But you can't find it in your heart to to reach out to someone else. So you bottle it up. And you can't learn to love. But we have got to strategize and learn to love. Honesty and repentance are crucial to victory. But the ultimate, the ultimate, Antidote to lust is love. You know it's very difficult to destructively lust after someone you love. Every spirit-filled mother and every spirit-filled father in here know that Amnon did not love Tamar. Amnon lusted, Tamar. The Hebrew there is Ahab. Amnon Ahab, Tamar. It's very hard to lust after something that does damage to someone you love. Lust doesn't uplift. It consumes, pollutes, absorbs, possesses like a drug. Like a drug. It leaves you messed up and helpless. It makes you a junkie. A man and a woman working together may enjoy each other's physical or personal beauty. But when love prevails, they'll increase one another's beauty, not violate each other. When fear and shame now, when fear and shame cripple you, cripple you from bringing your internal pain into the light, remember it's just not worth it. When secrecy prevents you from connecting with God, it's just not worth it. When you hide yourself from others because of what you have done, it's just not worth it. When we are sick, unattractive, and buried under a mountain of mess, recognize there is still someone who can love us when we are not at our best. A life without God is just not worth it. I want to end with this right here. I want to end with this. Ricardo Ojeda is a Seventh-day Adventist and also one of the 33 Chilean miners who spent 69 days, 69 days entombed half a mile below ground in a space the size of a typical living room. He scribbled a note to his pastor, and family in his darkest hour these are his words translated from spanish he says while in the belly of the earth he says thank you for praying for us the 33 miners i want to tell you that here we are all calm and i i know god the mighty god has protected us since the first day that this happened here we pray at 12 noon every day since the collapse took place here i can see all beliefs and religions but we are all brothers in christ it's hard for me to write i feel something here inside of me And it is difficult to think. He says if God has preserved our lives, it is just because he has prepared something special for us when we leave this place. Here, there is time, a lot of time, to think and pray. Only Jesus gives us rest, he says and our heavy load becomes something light and easy to carry. A scene full of hope opens in front of us where our sorrows become a consoling future. Goodbye, minor heart. As I read this letter, what struck me most Is the line that says a scene full of hope opens in front of us where our sorrows become a consoling future I'm so glad today Jesus has already shattered the chains of guilt and fear that entomb us a scene of hope opens in front of us we have been loved the depths of Calvary, we can now walk with our friend Jesus revived, set free, live the rest of our lives to honor the one who loved us and gave himself for us. I'm so glad today, whether we live or whether we die, a scene full of hope opens in front of us where our sorrows become a consoling future. I brought a note of hope to you today. A life without Christ is just not worth it. Empty. vacant. It's nothing. It's it's a life without peace. And here we are today with the question before us. I want to give someone the opportunity today to make a decision for Jesus. Let's stand together. You know, Someone rattled my chain this morning and caused me to think, to reflect on my youth. Now, some of you are saying, you're still young. One of my youth shared something with me today that jarred me, you know, had me there for a moment, captivated me. And the comment was, you know, I don't believe in this, the word of God. When you die, and let me, let me say this, let me say this. I can appreciate my youth when they're honest with me. You you know what I mean? When, 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 I like that. I I love it. Because it says they have the courage not to be a hypocrite. Straight up, Pastor, look, when you die, you go into the ground, you ain't coming back up. That's what I believe. Now, while I respect that, I also know I'm free to believe what I want to believe. I lose nothing if Jesus doesn't turn up. But what if he does show up? What? If my Lord and Savior my Jesus shows up and I get up and I see my family and I see my extended family and I see angels great big angels fluttering around and I see people ascending to heaven and then I see Jesus what then? I did not lose a thing. I gained everything. I like honesty. And we should be honest with ourselves. So today I'm asking you, as the pastor should, ask you in this judgment hour right now would you like to make a decision for Jesus and if that's you I'm inviting you to come and I'd like to say a special prayer for you if you're here this is the moment people say why make appeals in these modern times you never see televangelists making appeals. I make appeals. Don't you know that's archaic and old? People, the word of God is not old. It's still relevant today. So I'm gonna ask Abundant Life to pray cause I'm not gonna draft, I'm, I'm done preaching. I'm done. I'm asking you to bow your heads. And if you're here, and you want to walk down, say excuse me, and they'll let you through. Come on down and let me pray with you. Are you here? Is there someone? Is there someone here today? I see you, brother. Come on down. We yeah. offer Christ No, it, it's not to easy, you, you know. Oh, I my I did it sister. Amen. Keep it rolling. we will us.
0: give you brand new life. A
2: new life abundantly. Lord, Hallelujah. Oh, come Good to see you. And the church is praying. Come on. The church is praying. This is judgment time. To the real preaching is the appeal. Now, what happens before. This is when people make you, eternal decisions. Oh my brother, so my job as speaker today is to ask you Christ to make a decision. You, oh I don't know where sister, you've been all this time, but you're here today. He will give and I want to you give praise. you that opportunity to say yes Jesus, I don't have everything together, nor am I claiming that I know everything. But I'm willing to take that step with you, Jesus. I'm willing to do that. Are you here? Come on. Is there one more?? Is there one more? Two. Is there someone else today? Maybe you want to recommit. You know,
0: Pastor, I would like more of the Holy Spirit in my life.
2: Are you here? If you're that person, you can just indicate by your raising your right hand that I want more Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. Sister, amen. I see those hands. I want more Holy Spirit.
1: Give me more Holy Spirit in my life.